Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. All right. From the Toxin Tasting Studio, uh, welcome to the Clerical Errors Podcast. I'm Berg. You're Berg? <laughs> what am I going on? It's going to be fun already. I'm Bullhagen. And I'm Berg. And I'm Vicar, I think. <laughs> welcome to the show. This is kind of our recording uh, the Tuesday before... Um, Ash Wednesday, so uh, also known as Shrove Tuesday or Fat Tuesday, mm-hmm. and uh, it's uh, oh, it's well after eight o'clock, so we might be a little low energy, just a little bit. <laughs> and I'm awake. Woo! All right. So did anybody have those? Uh, what are they called? The donuts that they that they that they sell during this time? The punch keys? No. Nope. No. Peter, or, do you have any punch keys? Uh, no. I don't know um, if that's how they're that's pronounced or not, but... Well, I think in Sh- Shrove Tuesdays, they, is fat, or Fat Tuesdays, the, the whole point is to, you know, indulge in whatever you're going to give up for Lent. Are, are you guys giving anything up for Lent? Um, free time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the cool thing when I was in Germany is that they, uh, they actually had carnivals outside of cathedrals uh, on, you know, like this day. Before we started the Lent, so it was really a time of frivolity and uh, festivals. So, and, and I just hear the frivolity and, and joy in your voice tonight. <laughs> of course, <laughs> always. All right, so I brought a drink today. Um, I don't th- know if we've actually had this one or not. It's getting to the point where I can't remember. We've Uh-oh. had so many. I don't think we've is, we've is had that, a version of this. Are the are the two related, or is there a problem? <laughs> We've had a vicar actually brought a version of this. Okay, one time. Hmm. So a, a vicar, not this vicar. No, I think it was this vicar. He brought his favorite drink. Do you remember what that was? Arnold Palmer. There you go. Hey, the adult version. Arnold Palmer spiked. Oh boy. Mm. I've I've partaken of this drink before, and I am not a fan. Uh oh. Five percent alcohol. It is real juice. Select teas. Ooh, half iced tea, half lemonade. <laughs> All right. Half iced tea, half lemonade. All party. I like it. It's refreshing. Vicar, what do you think? I don't like it as much as. The original, Arnold Palmer, but it's a good drink for for this time of night. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) All right. So, um, what are you preaching on, Berg? Well, um, I am hitting up uh, Joel chapter 2, verses 12 to something else. I don't remember what the... 17, I think. And uh, the prophet Joel here is... Really kind of a Debbie Downer. Um, (laughs) He is one of the earliest prophets. It seems uh, from what we can place him, he is probably uh, during the first couple decades of King Joash's reign, um, which would place him in about the 9th century B.C., you know, 800 years before Jesus was born. And Joel um, is a prophet, one of the earliest prophets uh, that we know of. Uh, Mm -hmm. Other prophets actually quote him. And uh, 
he is a prophet during a time when things seem to be going really, really well in the church. Mm-hmm. You know, King Joash is under the tutelage of the priest Jehoiada. Um, that terrible Jezebel Athaliah has been um, dethroned and killed. Uh, the The house of David is enthroned again, right? He's making Judah great again. <laughs> so a little for you political people, right? Um, and the thing is, is that on the outside, everything looks to be going really, really well, right? Nobody's worshiping Baal. Nobody's uh, using pagan practices to worship the Lord. Everything looks good on the outside. Mm-hmm. But the prophet Joel gets, he gets deeper, right? And that's why he says, rend your hearts and not your garments, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that, this is at, at your Ash Wednesdays. Ash Wednesday, mm-hmm. right? That, um, that you shouldn't just outwardly tear your clothes, but that repentance should be a matter of the heart, um, that the law should rip our hearts um, inwardly as we are maybe imposing ashes outwardly, right? Because the Lutherans actually got rid of ashes in many places, not because the imposing of ashes was wrong, but because there was terrible superstition around it, around the blessing of ashes. And so, uh, actually, many of our older listeners probably didn't grow up with the imposition of ashes. Well, that, that would be include me. Right. And you're not even that old. You're not old. So. Well, no, not not old. So, you know. <laughs> and, you know, so that's the thing. It's that not that fasting is wrong, mm-hmm. imposition of ashes isn't wrong, and the outward signs of repentance aren't wrong. But all of these things ought to go together, right? That the heart must be changed first before these outward things uh, are of any use or any good. Jesus says the same thing in Gospels, in Matthew's Gospels, in Matthew's Gospel, right? Mm -hmm. When he talks about fasting. And the only thing that changes the heart, right, that which rends the heart is the law. Uh, But Joel also comes in very, very strong with the Gospel. And he quotes from... uh, Uh, And he quotes from Exodus, right, that the Lord is gracious and merciful and slow to anger and abounding in in, in kindness, Mm -hmm. right, and that he relents of evil. Um, And this is what changes our hearts. This is what gives faith, and this is what gives um, shape to our lives as Christians. And and which is uh, why you you bring it up on Ash Wednesday, because it is uh, much the same way, a call to repentance Mm -hmm. and... uh, and there's a sense of urgency in Joel, isn't there? There is, and I'm sure they thought he was nuts. Right. Because it looked like everything was going well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of people, they have a hard time with that because they don't like it when we talk about sin. They don't like it when we talk about death. Um, but it's the good times where we should be preparing for the bad times. Mm-hmm. And I think in Joel's case, I mean, it's look what happens. Jehoiada dies, King Joash falls from the faith, and actually murders a prophet. He murders uh, Jehoiada's son in between the pillars, Mm -hmm. you know, um, which, I mean, should be uh, a warning to us, right, that we shouldn't just rest on our laurels, right? Right. I was going to talk about uh, what we're preaching on Sunday, and and that is uh, the temptations of our Lord. Mm Mm-hmm. And... uh, one is we've one thing we've talked about because we had the episode on uh, temptation, and we talked about how temptation is at its heart a theological debate, mm-hmm. which is what Jesus and uh, the devil 
Satan were doing. They were having a theological debate. And an- another thing is, uh, it's a reminder that uh, when we look at temptation, is the fact that Jesus defeated these temptations for us. Mm-hmm. That uh, we go into temptation understanding that Christ has won the victory for us already. And uh, and one thing I find interesting about uh, the temptations is it's kind of the op- opposite of the the Lord's Prayer, that the, the devil tempts, tempts him. You know, mm-hmm. uh, give us uh, our daily bread, change these stones into bread. Yep. Um, your will be done. Do not put the Lord, your name of the Lord, your God, to the test. Um, thy kingdom come. The devil was offering Jesus, in a sense, the kingdoms of the world, um, if you just bow down and worship me, when really the kingdom comes from the cross, in a sense. Mm-hmm. He was offering Jesus his kingdom without having to go through the cross, which was a, a temptation. So, Vicar, you're awfully quiet. I think I've been talking for six straight hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's some book study. Visits and book study. Yeah, that, that leave, that'll leave you exhausted, right? You get tired of hearing yourself talk sometimes. So, Yeah, we had a good discussion. What book are you reading? Uh, a little plug. Uh, Has American Christianity Failed by Pastor Brian Wolfmuller. Diagnosing, well, some trends in American Christianity that put the focus on the individual rather than on God. And really a a very approachable book for a layperson and a vicar <laughs> to lead a book study uh, that not only speaks to the Lutheran theology, but script, you know, that our basis is scripture and using scripture to diagnose uh, the individual centered American Christianity we see around us in so many, quote unquote, Christian churches. Yeah, it's a good study, and the people have appreciated it so far. All right, good. Yeah. Um, so that should uh, bring us to our top 12 list. I have something that I printed off that I forgot to grab. Let me go do that. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. All right, so uh, I've got it now. So I have, uh, if you remember, last time we started, we're, we're continuing the, uh, the blessing topic because uh, – I didn't think one episode would be quite enough, and uh, so we're having a, a, a bless you two episode. Indeed, that was very clever. <laughs> and so I have my uh, um, uh, vicar. Do you have your Bible there ready? Yeah, you got it. All right. So we have the second set of top uh, twelve blessings, and um, and so uh, I will go with uh, uh, number six. Number six. Simeon uh, blesses Mary from Luke 2, chapter uh, 33 through 35. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him, and Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. I don't know. Maybe I should refer. Is that a blessing? It's it's a very interesting blessing, um, <laughs> you know. It, it is in that it keeps her. It keeps her from, um, from pride, right? You know, because here, hey, you know, how many women can say I've get I gave birth to God, mm-hmm. right? Well, only one, right? <laughs> you know. Uh, let me check. Let me. 
Vicar, is that true? Well, Eve thought she did. Eve thought she did, right? But she didn't. I mean, it's kind of like St. Paul, right? That um, that uh, in order to keep him, you know, from from getting puffed up, right? God sent him a thorn in the flesh. That's right. You know, and I mean, Mary does try to like control Jesus. Yeah, when that's true. She, when she's not supposed to, like right? the wedding at, at Cana, right? Which, you know, yeah. and even though everything he says is gospel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there is going to be trouble, you know. Why is a sword going to pierce her soul? Because Jesus is the sign opposed, right? They hate him. They don't want his gospel. I was I was watching uh, earlier. Um, as one of the shows that Netflix has been pushing is uh, uh, a show on babies. Okay. And uh, in this episode, there's some things. You know, of course, they have to have the the gay parents aspect too. Right. But one thing it, it talked about is uh, a mother uh, and the oxytocin release that a mother and a child both have, and also fathers. But there's a, there's a part of, uh, and then there's a, a part of the brain in a mother that like opens up that is a care and concern for the child that, uh, that once it opens, it kind of stays open and they continue to, to have great concern. For their children, even mm-hmm. and then men, of course, it kind of shrinks. <laughs> that, that those are the kind of hand gestures he was making, people. <laughs> Sorry, Pete. I still love you, man. I don't lose any no. sleep over you, really. But <laughs> no comment. <laughs> well, if, if you if you don't know, the producer is actually my son. I don't know if I've actually ever said that. I guess I did. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I think really a piece of art that really emphasizes that beautifully is, um, um, what is it called? The Piata, where Mary is holding, um, Christ, the dead body of Christ. But if you were to stand her up, she would look like a giant, right? Mm -hmm. So really it's almost as if she's cradling her infant son and she knows what's coming next. Right. You know, um, which, I mean, Mary is the most blessed of all women, mm-hmm. you know, but with that comes great sorrow. You know? Yeah. You know, so. I, that, I think um, I think we've seen that as a pastor, you know, where you have uh, elderly members who actually outlive their own children sometimes. Right. You know, you have someone who's 95 and then they're, they have a child who dies at like 76 or something. It's even at that age, you think, well, they're still elderly. You know, they lived a long life, but it's still... Or, you know, people who have, who leave this, who God calls from this life early, you know? Yeah. Um, And they have, and they leave their children and their, and their spouse, you know? Number five. Elijah uh, and the widow of Zarephath from 1 Kings 17, 7 through 16. And this is, this is one that isn't, I guess, super theological as far as the blessing. It's, you know, you'll be cared for. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, you don't you don't like my list this time, do you? <laughs> no, I I think it's I think it's a good I think it's a well thought out list actually. <laughs> you got it there, Vicar. Yeah. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah: Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks, and he called out to her and said, Bring me a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, 
As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterward make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, The jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and as she and he and her household ate, and he, she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. So I guess what I liked about this, and what I thought about it in a blessing terms, it is it dealt directly with physical needs, mm-hmm. and and the fact that uh, you know she didn't have enough for her and her own son and Elijah God sends him to to get some sustenance from her and and she didn't have enough to live and she was going to make bread and, and die uh, but uh, God blesses her and Elijah blesses her that she won't run run out of food so yeah I love it so much I mean it's like the perfect pastor story it really is yeah right? because you know they go to Zarephath which is in Sidon and this is hilarious. This is how God makes fun of the ungodly. Because you know who is from Sidon? Jezebel, right? <laughs> Elijah's great enemy. And here she is. She's living right under her dad. Her dad's nose, right? She's got her little spies combing all throughout Israel. Prophet's not even there. He's living in her country uh, and taking care of one of her father's subjects. Mm-hmm. And he is at peace and they have food. And she's a Gentile. She's a non-Jew, mm-hmm. right? Jesus actually uses this and says, well, there were many there were many widows in Israel, but God didn't send them to any of those. Yeah. So. It's just a, just a beautiful, I think, just a beautiful story of God's care and concern for both Elijah and the widow. And also, I think you said uh, the pastoral aspect of it is the fact that uh, as pastors, I think we we really cherish the times that we are fed by our own members sometimes, and we are encouraged by our own members. And, and uh, sometimes they give us gray hair. <laughs> Every once in a while. <laughs> but sometimes, too, they, they really um, encourage us and feed us sometimes. And uh, that's, that's one reason why I, wanted, I like that Melba. And I would like to do another episode like the enduring voices of faith episode um so but uh you know anyways all right we should continue number four hannah blessed by eli from first samuel 1 verses 13 (laughs) through 18 it's it's another pastor story just just not as good (laughs) (laughs) oh so you want to argue about the numbering huh (laughs) it's it's good for hannah it just eli eli is not the best pastor (laughs) No, he isn't. Nevertheless, God's will is done. (laughs) As Hannah continued praying before the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was speaking in her heart, only her lips moved, and her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli took her to be a drunken woman. And Eli said to her, How long will you go on being drunk? Put your wine away from you. But Hannah answered, No, my Lord, I am a woman troubled in spirit. 
I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but I have been pouring out my soul before the Lord. Do not regard your servant as a worthless woman, for all along I have been speaking out of my great anxiety and vexation. Then Eli answered, Go in peace, and the God of Israel grant your petition that you have made to him. So, so it was, uh, I don't know. When I put this together last time, is that a blessing? Yeah, it is. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know. I'm kind of leaking confidence on my list today you know. because I wrote, I, I put it together <laughs> last week, and then I'm like, what? did you ever do that? That's why I can't preach an old sermon because I look at an old sermon, well, what exactly was I thinking <laughs> uh, there? But, yeah, I mean, you know, God grant your petition. What a, That's wonderful. Right. Number three. Um, from Luke chapter 1, 39 through 45. Uh, Elizabeth and John bless Mary and Jesus. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. And and blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. So she, Elizabeth and and John bless, I I, I say John blesses Jesus because in a way he leaps in the womb. Yeah, he's actually the catalyst for his mom. Right, you know, and uh, and uh, she blesses Mary, uh, recognizing what a what a blessing it was, uh, the mother of our Lord. So, um, now I have I'm kind of debating between one and two. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give him both, and then I want you to pick Berg, your favorite. Okay, actually, what we should do is have our listeners email in. Okay, and tell us which one they prefer. As number one or number two. Okay. Number two and number one. So the, the two options here, all right, mm-hmm. uh, is uh, uh, Moses blesses Aaron and his sons, Numbers 6, 23 to 27. Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. So shall they put my name upon the people of Israel, and I will bless them. Okay, that's one option. Mm -hmm. The other option is there's one large glaring thing that I haven't said because there's so many of them. And the other option is uh, Paul's blessings at the end of his epistles. All of the blessings? All or? the blessings, the same category, because a lot of them are the same. <laughs> that's a that's a pretty big uh, that's a pretty big deal. Holy buckets! <laughs> right. I mean, because you know what I what I was when I was thinking about because he deals with obviously some heavy issues. He has some strong some uh, strong things to say, but he always ends them with a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so do you have one in particular that you're really... Well, I printed them all out, so... Oh, wow. So, for example, all right, how about Philippians 4? And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. To God be glory forever and ever. Greet every saints 
in Christ Jesus, the brothers who are with me greet you, and all the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Colossians, I write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Or from Second Thessalonians, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times and every way. The Lord be with you all. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. This is a sign of the genuineness of every letter of mine. It is what the way it is the way I write. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. And then he has a lot of grace be with you. The Lord be with your spirit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and a lot of those. So so uh, he uh, blesses at the end of, of every letter he he gives a blessing. Some of them longer, some of them shorter. But he all ends with something about the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Or Yeah, tonight before I came over here, I actually preached on uh, the end of Romans 16 on that blessing. Okay. So, so yeah, it's, uh, it's great. So, listeners, please email in, um, Facebook us, tweet. So, right. so, so I had a question. So, someone... Uh, and we'll, we'll, Vicar can tell us where they can do that in just a second. Right. Um, and uh, someone asked me, they listened to the podcast, and they said, well, I kind of like I like what you were talking, but they were wondering, what is some just some practical advice on on giving a blessing to others? Okay. And and I think looking at Paul's blessings, one is, is the Lord be with you, or the grace of the Lord be with you, right? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times you can just take a lot of the truths you have in Scripture that you know that someone may need to hear and actually putting your hand on their head and reminding them what God's Word says that they might need to hear. Because, you know, when it's God's Word, you know that it's something that God has to say. So I think that those are some just some practical things. So you have any other things? Well, there's one. Uh, I will get to it in my Campfire Catechesis, but... Vicar, where can they talk? Where can they add us, bro? <laughs> yeah, well, they can add us on Twitter at uh, Clerical Airs P for podcast. Add us, bro. That's right. They can find us on Facebook. They can find us on uh, Patreon. Uh, www.clericalairs.org. And they can email us at feedback at clericalairs.org. Clerical Errors Podcast is what you want to put into your Google search bar in order to find our website and our Twitter and our Apple Podcasts and our Spotify and our iHeartRadio. And if you don't have any of those but you have Podbean like me, you can find us on Podbean. Hey, Peter, what's our iTunes rating? Do we have an iTunes rating? I don't know. The last time I saw it was like 4.7 stars. 55 episodes. We have 16 reviews with a four and a half star rating. Nice. Okay. All right. I, I was telling Berg one time that uh, we, I think we had one or two, uh, one star, and I, I said, that's what you want. Either you want people to love us or hate us. Yep. That's right. <laughs> that's what Facebook does. They, they put controversial things on, and they promote those posts and put them on the top of news feeds because it gets more traffic. So I think it would be a good time to get the the fire. Can you get the fire crackling for us, Pete? Ah, uh, there you go. It's pretty nice. Still look cool, chilly in the evening. We missed a lot of snow here, but uh, we got the fire going. And uh, 
So uh, what kind of catechesis do you have, Peter? Why don't you go ahead and, and play the intro? Gather around, everyone. Time for Campfire Catechesis. Oh, that's very nice. <laughs> All right, so um, we had some... <laughs> we. So uh, we, we've dealt with some practical or, or pragmatic questions uh, on how to give a blessing, right? We've talked about it kind of from last time I talked a lot about what a blessing is, and that to be blessed is to be happy, and to give a blessing is to speak good words over a person. And Pastor Bullhaken has dealt a little bit with this. But one blessing that I particularly like to use, uh, especially uh, as kids come to the rail when their parents come to commune, and they're not communion, communing, is uh, Psalm 121, verse 8. And that is, The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. Um, I like this psalm uh, because it's found both in our baptismal liturgy and also in our committal liturgy. Um, it's found in our baptismal liturgy right before we say the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, it's a it's a great reminder that our God keeps us safe and from all harm uh, our whole lives in all of our occupations and um, and undertakings. And He does this both in time and in eternity. For no danger can harm Him who rests in the shadow of the eternal love of the heavenly Father, and the one who relies on the merciful promises of His Word. And so that is a great blessing. Very easy to memorize, uh, very easy to say to your loved ones, uh, because mm-hmm. it's true. Um, it's what we say when they enter into life through holy baptism, and it's one of the last things we say is when they've departed this life, when they've gone out for the final time. And um, and it covers both physical and spiritual coming ins and going mm-hmm. out. So it reminds me of uh, um, uh. One of the one of the Gerhardt uh, evening hymns. Now rest beneath night's shadows. Mm-hmm. Um, the one verse uh, uh, you might have to help me with this. Um, My loved ones rest securely, for God this night shall surely from peril guard your heads. Sweet slumber. Or may He send you an angel host attend you, and through the night watch, watch over your, your beds. beds. Yeah. I mean, that's a kind of a blessing too, isn't it? It is. And uh, I, I always, you know, it's hard to sing that uh, in an evening and then not think of of your loved ones. If you have, you know, a, a child, for example, a son who's turning 24 tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, a child away at college or your parents all the way in Florida or in your mother-in-law in, in Indiana and in, Sometimes in Florida, you know. And you say the male brain shrinks. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm contradicting myself. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, th- I think I want to bring the blessings back. Mm-hmm. And I want to, I think uh, it's it's really, really a good thing to start doing. You don't have to be a pastor to do it. No. Bless your children before they go to bed. Bless your grandchildren. And you know? please stop teaching them... Um, you know, if I should die before I wake, you know, it's not the best prayer, <laughs> right? Let's actually teach them good prayers, right? Um, that when they get up in the morning, they thank God that he protected them throughout the night. Let your holy angel be with me. 
that the evil foe may have no power over me. Just imagine if for every time on a Facebook post you saw the praying hands emoji, mm-hmm. if you actually said a blessing over someone instead of doing that. <laughs> right. Right, you know. Um, Not that I have anything against the praying hands emoji. Well, but... and and usually it's taken the wrong way too. Like the whole praying hands thing, it, it's more like, oh, well, I'm sending good vibes your way. Mm-hmm. That's not actually what this is. Blessing actually changes things. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, we because God's word changes things. And that's why when you bless somebody, I mean, like really bless them. Speak God's word to you, them. You have to speak God's word. And I mean, there's a lot of it. <laughs> you you have a lot of opportunities, so. Maybe, uh, maybe uh, between now and when we post this, we can just, when we post this, we can put some, some blessings put together. Maybe you could, we can, between the three of us, post just a few blessings from Scripture that people can use and memorize. Mm-hmm. Can you remind me to do that, Peter, us to do that? I'll try. All right. Okay. Hey, Vicar, what do you think about right now? Vicar. I was thinking about how... <laughs> There's no one better than a son to remind his father what to do because the son knows his dad like no one else. <laughs> I was worried you were going to ask me to remind you. Oh. But it's on Peter now. Right. Hey, Vicar. Hey, my, my father asked me to remind him about something. W- would you mind handling that for me? <laughs> How does this podcast work? I am below. I am the servant. Well, you know what? I was going to say, hey, I'll just mute you this episode. Hey, Peter, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, Peter. Uh, you do have an associate producer. That's right. You could ask to remind us to do that. It's true. So. <laughs> so associate producer. Yes. Remind us. Yes. Our former favorite listener. Now our producer, <laughs> our associate producer. Remind us to do that, would you? Thank you. Remember, you could put so us it, on LinkedIn now. So, so is she the assistant producer, or is she assistant to the producer? Um, what did she ask for, uh, Peter, in the email? Associate producer. So, a producer that we associate with—is that what that means? I know what I'm thinking about. What are you thinking about? Making pastrami. Oh. I bought some corned beef today. So, how do you make pastrami? So, I gotta soak it for 12 hours in water to get out some of the excess salt. And then I'll pack it with, um, I think they're peppercorns and um, coriander. And then smoke it in the smoker for mm, eight hours, I think. Okay. So. All right. Well, you're starting to make me hungry now. I do it again. So I do have a news that bothers Berg. Peter, play the intro. There's fake news. There's real news. Then there's real news that Berg wishes was fake. It's time to hear news that bothers Berg. All right, so I have, uh, I know it's news that bothers Berg, but I think I got something that uh, news that Berg will like. Okay. Tap into a more positive nature. It's right? true. Because I feel like we've, we've, uh, we, we can't just be grumpy, right? Nope. All right, so this is uh, from Fox News. Okay. okay. And uh, this is uh, about a pastor in Wuhan. Do you know where Wuhan is? I have no idea. 
Do you know what it's famous for? No. That surprises me. Okay. Wuhan is the quarantine city for the coronavirus. Well, that sounds bad. (laughs) 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 That's that's not a good thing, right? Okay. So... I, I yeah, can't believe yeah, we're, t- yeah, we're like yeah. educating you on coronavirus. You're, like, uh, you're, you're two not, months in. You're, yeah, you're not starting off very well here. I don't think. But we are filled with clerical errors today. So, the, the the title of the story is Wuhan in Wuhan. A China pastor pens a letter on how the church should face the coronavirus outbreak. Ah, that is nice. And. uh and he wrote an open letter about a virus that has killed, uh, obviously, a lot of people and sickened a lot of people. And he says this, The situation is so critical, yet we are trusting in the Lord's promises that his thoughts toward us are of peace and not of evil. Jeremiah twenty nine eleven he quotes. And that he allows for a time of testing, not to destroy us, but to establish us. He writes, adding, We have a responsibility to pray for those in this city who are fearful and bring to them the peace of Christ. And uh, that is part of his letter. So I thought that was, in a way, I thought that would fit in with our blessing because that is, in a sense, what his prayer is doing. And I'm sure the pastor there is spending a lot of time blessing those who are sick. And and uh, it's kind of a scary time for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I thought about this, the, I thought about this today because... You know, they're saying that it's inevitable that the coronavirus will get to the United States. And so, you know, that means we'll have a lot of sick people if God doesn't work through the doctors and scientists to find us, you know, right. uh, some sort of cure. And um, and I'm almost more worried about the reaction than the sickness sometimes with that. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. But at, at the same time, I don't, I don't know. I just think that... Um, you know, these are things that at least circuit should be talking about because, um, you know, there will be people who need spiritual care, and we have to do it, uh, even even if it puts us at risk. Mm-hmm. You know, and um, these are things you know we should be thinking about now because um, when people die, that we you know we need we need to be there, right? Um, so. And and uh, and that means maybe even staying away from our own families because you know we've been exposed to it, you know. So yeah, it's not something I don't think we've faced to that I, I can remember facing a situation like this. The last time that a situation like this happened was after World War One, the Spanish flu. Yep, and it looks like the death toll for uh, the coronavirus is about the same as it is for Spanish influenza, at least from what I've heard. Um, and you know, that killed a lot of people in the United States. Yeah. I'm, I had, uh, an elderly man I used to visit when I was first a pastor and, uh, uh, both his parents died of that flu. Yeah. My great grandfather lost his elder brother to it. So. And, but the pastor who's in China in Wuhan, who's kind of right at the quarantine city there is, uh, and I, I read other places where, how Christians are kind of re- reacting, responding a lot more faithfully in the government. Right. And I think that's a sign that uh, a reminder that the gospel, you know, uh, and when we have, you have the, the gift of grace and mercy and everlasting life, it makes you less fearful to help those in need mm-hmm. and to bring the word of God to those in need. Because 
you have the, the victory already. So, all right. Um, probably a shorter episode today, but that's okay. Right. We have a lot to get ready for. Right. So. Right. And kind of low energy today, which is fine. So, thank you for listening. <laughs> I'm Bullhigan. And I'm Brig. And I'm Vicar. And uh, may your episodes be longer next week. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast, on Twitter at clericalheirsp for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.